edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's up, everybody? And we are joined, as always, by the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, former Division I tight end and Halloween trivia reigning champion. The big singing Wookiee, Nicholas Crump. What's up, everybody? Oh, Jet fans. What do we... What do we even say, Mike? I mean, what do you what do you lead with coming off of that garbage we saw this weekend? Mike and I communicated during the week. I should say after the game. Um, disappointed. We were hoping on... See some good news on Zach's injury, which we did today. Just a PCL. That's silver lining, at least. But 54-13 to 13 beating at the hands of a Patriot team that is 1-4 against the rest of the NFL. That's not named the New York Jets. An offense that coming into this game was not that scary. A defense that was coming into this game that was middle of the pack. And... We just got completely dominated on both sides of the ball. We're not going to dwell on this game too much or break down this game too much. There's really no reason to do it. Um, Every once in a while, you have these clunkers. You have these horrific ones. And this was one of them where on defense, they picked us apart with short passes. They ran the ball right up the middle. They they did everything basically that they wanted to do. And, of course, we couldn't get anything on offense. Zach goes out. Mike White goes in. Not that Mike White looked the worst. He made some okay passes. That interception was some bad luck. But... Mike, it was one of those just worst-case scenario days. And then when Wilson went down, I just started feeling already the same old Jets tweets coming out. If that kid was hurt, if he had a major injury this weekend, uh, the type of headlines we would have saw. I don't know. I don't really know even where to go with the game, Mike. It was depressing. It was uh, embarrassing. I know they got Joe Flacco coming in to play next week. We're going to be without our boy Zach for a few weeks, Mike. But... There's no uh, there's no positive really to take away from this game that I can think of, Mike. I don't know if you can. You normally can look on the bright side of things, but just an absolutely horrendous performance, horrible coaching, continuing with, yeah, you know, where we come out of the bye, we want to start off hot. You could not have started off worse. Continuing with Michael Carter getting 75% of the snaps or whatever it was. He's, he's abysmal. Mike, I just, across the board, just complete debacle. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about some positives that I saw. Um, Elijah Moore getting his first touchdown was really nice to see him get to do that. 
Uh, I actually thought Zach Wilson played pretty decently. The first p play was a three and out. And then after that, he moved the team all the way down. They were supposed to kick a field goal. They didn't. And then the second possession, uh, third possession, you know, he essentially got them to the two and would have probably draw, you know, they ended up scoring a touchdown, but he, you know, he got hurt. So he was six for 10 for, I think, uh, 50 something yards. Um, and he was made, he made two plays that I, I was really excited about the flip to Ty Johnson uh, for a first down. I thought that was like, hey, look at that. And then the throw he had to the tight end uh, Griffin, uh, I thought was uh, really well done. Um, I would say from a, you know, game, that was it as far as positives. I think everything else was pretty terrible. Um, every time we play the Patriots, it always seems like it gets worse and worse. Um, and, uh, you know, you could look at it like, oh, C.J. Mosley was hurt, and that's why they couldn't stop a nosebleed. But, no, I mean, they were fundamentally better than us across the board, and we got our butts whooped. Mac Jones wasn't anything impressive. He was checked down Charlie the entire time. He threw that one throw to Bourne deep. Uh, besides that, I mean, he was just, you know, he didn't really do anything that was really impressive. He's in a, in a good system, and they were utilizing their weapons. And... The thing that the Patriots did, I believe, really, was that uh, Bill Belichick knew what the Jets' weakness was. And you saw it against Atlanta, and you saw a little bit of it against the Titans. We can't stop screen passes at all. Can't do it. And Atlanta did that with uh, Patterson uh, and team. And, you know, we weren't able to stop them then. And then start from the beginning of this game to the end. You know, we could not do, we had no answers. And... Um, I think Sala got his, 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 his stuff handed to him. Uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I think another one other small positive, if you want to say, Zach gets, you know, didn't get hurt, uh, you know, uh, season ending. Um, but I think that now we got some veteran quarterback presence here, even though you want to call it Joe Flacco, at least you got someone that's won a Super Bowl and has been through it. And now Zach can just sit there and pick his brain, you know, and relax for a few weeks, you know. And then yeah. uh, when, you know, hopefully when he comes back, he comes back when you come and visit me in uh, t in Houston, you know, and we see our boy playing up against the Texans. I would love that, you know, his return. Um, but right now we don't want him in there. Okay, George Frant got hurt. You got a million people just busted up. You know, right now the, the team really just needs to find itself. I think they're going to get absolutely annihilated against the uh, – against the um, uh, the Bengals. Um, Michael Carter, Michael Carter again, wasn't really able to push the rock the way we wanted him to. Um, Ty Johnson again, has issues catching the, the rock. Now I thought Carter did a very, I thought Carter did a very good job in ca patch casting. I think he caught 70 something yards or 60. And that's fine. And you and I, and we knew that this is what he was as far as cat, but he is not a bell cow, okay? And, oh. and then, so when you get a guy like Ty Johnson who's supposed to move the rock and it's fourth and one and you're going for it and he can't even get one yard, that's a problem, you know? So the personnel, and, and, and I'm gonna just leave it with this. Enough with the bargain basement shopping, JD. This is enough. I mean, you see it. Uh, they, they, we're not we're not going anywhere. You you gotta bring talent in here. I understand we have 
a, a crazy cap. And I understand that you, you know, you're building this team, but you're not going to have any more leeway here anymore. And after this season, if we have one, two, three wins on the season, you are going to be expected next year. This team needs to be competitive or you're in trouble. And I hate when that's the situation, Keith, because then decisions are made to save your job and not do what's right. Oh yeah. Um, but that's where we're, Keith, that's where we're going to end up. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now. And JD is going to have to, he's going to have to roll with it, man. So that, that's all I got to say. Yeah. A few other notes there. Uh, you write Michael Carter had eight catches for 67 yards. Ty Johnson had six catches for 65 yards. Those are the main targets out of the backfield. Our boy Davis did have a nice grab. He had a nice touchdown. Elijah Moore had a great run, but he just was non-factor in the passing game again, which is just such a surprise, but it is what it is. Davis has proven to be our only threat, really, when it comes to wide receiver, who's at least consistent every week, for sure. A couple other, a couple other notes here, guys. The no call on that hit when Zach Wilson was going out of bounds. Now, when Salah was asked about that, basically said, oh, it's no big deal. You know, I'll take a look at it again. He, Which I was surprised by because, I mean, that was pretty blatant, it seemed to me, to most Jet fans. And I know, Mike, we, you and I were texting right away. I'm, I was like, dude, if that was Tom Brady, every, I mean, every flag would have come out. You know, teams would have thrown a flag on themselves if it was Tom Brady. You know, and then the next play was another borderline one when he got driven into the ground that I've seen a flag thrown on. Now, you don't want to complain about not getting flags in 2021. Um, we do get mad. Some of these roughing the passes are a little light, but I thought that hit Mike when he was going out of bounds, he had already thrown the ball and he went low. So the, I know if the quarterback goes out of the pocket, you can go for the legs. But if Tom Brady went out of the pocket or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or almost any other top guys, basically you think of anybody runs like that. You see that called and it wasn't called in this case. He got injured the next play, which was unfortunate. I wasn't excited that, you know, Salah really didn't make us think about that at all. It wasn't a big deal to him. I really want my coach to be on those things during the game. Not be like, oh, whatever, man. The refs make the right call. No, they don't. <laughs> they mess up all the time. And if you chew that ref out, you never know, man. You maybe get a call down the line. So, I don't know. That that that, that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, a couple other things to take away from the game, Mike, are the injuries. Jamie and Sherwood filled in for C.J. Mosley. And you're probably right. If C.J. Mosley plays... We still probably get smashed, Mike. I'm not going to disagree with you. But you did see the runs they were doing. Yep. They were just, they're like, we're just going to go up the middle every run and do basically the same thing. Yep. We're going to hit you with a screen pass and fool all your linebackers. Now, CJ Mosley, when he's in there, he's not getting fooled. You know, he's having a great year. I think we still get, I think we still get smashed. Mike, the offense did nothing. I agree with you. Probably don't get 54 up with Mosley out there, but they probably still take a loss. But torn Achilles for sure would in the game, who was filling in for Mosley. We know uh, Quincy Williams had a concussion. Cashman's having MRI on his groin today. CJ Mosley's hamstring is hurt. He might not be back next week. And our boy Gerard Davis, we know I was on the IR. We were hoping he returned last week. He might still not back, be back next week. So Halloween Bengal game, I should say, Mike. Uh, we're 10-point underdogs, but... I have no idea how there's, there's no chance basically for me of them covering that 10 points in my no, mind. I'm, I'm DFS. I'm doing triple stack Bengals. I mean, it's going to be just wildness. So. And I know Mike, you and I, and I've been on the same page. I, have, I was never the biggest Joe Burrow fan. He seemed kind of like a flash in the pan. I can't really deny how he's played so far this year. At least. No, he's, he's in the top of everything. Well. 17 touchdowns. He already has 2000 yards. Um, it's fragile, right? We know the knee. Uh, we know how this works with these quarterbacks. 
but playing well this year. The team is playing well. They just waxed the Ravens last week, one of the best teams in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not feeling good at all about this weekend, but I do want to ask the Wookiee one question. You know, you played at a high level. You played in high school. You played in college. When you were involved in a game, when your team lost like the Jets just lost, what does it do to you? Does it linger? Does it matter the next week? Does it psychologically just lower you know, where you guys think you are as a football team? Or is that such a bad beatdown? You just are like, you know what? That happens, and you shake it off, and you're ready right away the next week. Well, I think it's about how you're coached, right? Like, if you're hearing the right kind of motivation or the right things to say after positive and negative experiences, I think that affects the team. Um, I, I can't speak from a ton of experience of getting beat that badly. I, I don't mean that to be disrespectful to any Jets fans. Whoa. But we, no, but but we, we in high school and college, I've been a part of multiple losses where going into the game, you felt really good about the game plan. You felt good about um, how you were going to enact the game plan. And this is, this is the week where we beat such and such, or this is the week where we do this and this. And we worked on it all week. I just think that if the coaching staff and the people around the players are rallying everybody the right way every week. Hey, look, we, we still got to put the work in. It's not working out for us as we as we plan up to now, but you have to believe in the process. You got to continue to work the way as if we were winning games because successful teams, top down, coach to the last player on the uh, on the bench, they all pull the same rope. They all believe in the same thing. And as long as that theme in the locker room and uh, between coaches and players are agreed upon and, hey, look, that's a bump in the road. We got we got beat up. We got beat up bad. Things that we thought we were going to work on and do well in this game didn't work. And all of the faults that we were worried about in this game were exposed. So now where do you go from here? Uh, you work on masking that, getting... Um, getting better at uh, the preparation for the next week, making sure that that doesn't happen again and just continue to build. You can't go in blow up mode right now. You've got a new coaching staff. Everybody's positive around the coaches. You got a lot of exciting players. It's not gelling right now. That's the biggest thing. It's just not working. So when you get that going and the players and the coaching staff continue to buy in every day, it's going to be positive in the long run. I know nobody wants to hear that right now because we're in a, 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 a time and place of instant gratification, but you need to just trust in it. You brought Salah in. Everybody was excited. Oh, my God. This, this is the guy. He's saying the right things. He's gonna... So believe in that. It's, it's, it's yeah. been a horrible start. You just got to keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar in Mara's... Um... Like with Joe Judge with the G-Man, his opening press conference and how he presented himself. I know you, Wookie, and a lot of our buddies really dug him and you dug his yep. personality. And But just like with Salah now, like uh, we might like him, but the results are what you're going to be yes. judged upon, right? So, Absolutely. Um, he seems like a type of guy that, at least from the outside looking in, would be good in these scenarios. But he also might be someone that's overwhelmed right now as a head coach because the Jets... And, and Mike knows this. They're they're at the bottom and everything offense. And now after last week, we're at the bottom and everything when it comes to defense as well. We're ranked twenty seventh out of thirty two teams in the NFL in defense now. So we really have nothing going for us at all. <laughs> the squad. Um, luckily for us, Seattle exists. 
who's the worst defense in the history of mankind. They're last in the league. So we always have that. That makes us feel good knowing Jamal Adams is there. Then we have those other crumbs to feed upon Jet fans. You know, Sam Darnold's just continuing to play abysmally. He got benched this week, another interception, a two-point conversion in the end zone there versus the G-Man. I know you guys beat up on him, Wolf. 77.5 QB rating this year for Sam. His career rating is a 78. So he's actually playing a little bit worse than he did some Jets, to be honest. Um, interesting how that one turned, Mike, but hey, this is a long season. Sam could turn it around. Zach could turn it around. I think uh, we're going to see what, what, what Joe Flacco could do here for a few weeks. Maybe he'll stabilize the team. It was nice to see with Mike White. Now, Mike White's not great. He went 20 for 32. But, Mike, all those – every time there was a guy open and he just had to make a routine pass to him, he hit it at least last week. Now, we're, not, we're I was looking for Mike White to be great. That's what we kind of want from Zach. That's hopefully what we'll see from Flacco. I think throwing Flacco against the Bengals does give you at least a chance not to lose by 35. Maybe have a couple of drives that do something. Um, he's going to have one week of practice with the team, then they're going to play Sunday. And, you know, he has some familiarity with a few players on the squad. He was here last year, had six touchdowns, three interceptions. He wasn't the worst quarterback in the world. It's funny with Joe Flacco because, I mean, say, his, say he comes in and his QB rating is just like an 85, which is pretty much what he's always done. That would look amazing to us right now. Oh, yeah, I know. That would, an 85 quarterback QB rating, which is, you know, below average, above 90 is pretty good. You get around 100, that's like the real good quarterbacks. At 85, if we could just see that right now, we'd be like, oh, this is amazing. Like last year, when he played well over a stretch, Mike, it looked funny. He wasn't even playing that good. It just Sam had played so bad that compared against that, it looked well. But what do you think about this game, Mike? No chance, just complete blowout. You have any? Do you think we're going to put any points on the board? Do you think uh, you're going to see any improvement in any direction? Uh, I just uh, right now I'm just kind of be like here until you show me something. So I, I really definitely don't have the, any hope uh, that they're going to end up winning. And I'm I'm at the you know I'm at a point now like where emotionally, you know, going into the season I was. You know, it's kind of like when you like like a girl, right? And you like open up yourself to a girl and you're like, oh, I really like her. And then she's like, nah, I ain't feeling you. And you're like, oh, crushed. But like when you get older, you don't really open up like that. You're just like, yeah, what's up? You know what I'm saying? You guys go out and chill and, you know, you're, you're just kind of reading her and you're not open, right? That's how I am with this team. Like I, I stay reserved and I did get a little excited about Elijah Moore. But right after that very first Panther game, I kind of like, so I'm, and, I, and the Patriots, unfortunately, always emotionally bother me just because I hate them as oh. almost as much as I love the Jets. So like any loss to them bothers me. So, uh, you know, I'm at a point where I'm just like, you know, all right, like right now I'm open to the Knicks. The Knicks got me excited. Yes, They've been bad for two decades. And finally, I think we got a squad. And I'm open. So if they suck, it's going to hurt because I think they're nasty. But we'll see what happens. That's another case. So I just tell Jeff fans, I know it's bad. We've been bad for 10 years. Look, the Knicks were bad for double the time. And we think they've turned the corner. So uh, the organization is not going to be bad forever. A yeah. la the New Orleans Saints. A la the Arizona Cardinals. Patriots. The, the Patriots. You know, right? the Golden and, State and, Warriors. And, and, and How about that being, being a fan is just all about you and Tough. your relationship with this franchise. And it's hard. I know ain't easy being green, but there will be better days. And we just go through this right now, unfortunately, but we stick together and uh, hopefully we see some success.
Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Jet fans, we're about to go and bang out some Halloween trivia right now, get my wife on the line. But I do agree with one thing, Mike, is that, you know, it's not easy being a fan of any squad usually. Most teams aren't dominant. Most people aren't. Most real sports fans aren't bandwagon fans. They love their squad no matter what. Jet fans are the best fans in the world. Oh, yeah. Okay, they give us... We get nothing in return for this fandom we have. And yet, there's a thousand podcasts, there's a hundred thousand people at every single game. They sell merch through the roof. They're number two in attendance. And what do we get back? We get back nothing. And we're still here. We're still rooting, you know? And my grandpa used to always say, your character is built when people aren't watching what you're doing, right? Those decisions you make when no one can see. So those fans that jump onto another team or fans, friends of ours, as we know, we won't name them here on the podcast, Friends of ours that are fans of more than one team. Oh, I go for the Giants and another team. I go for this team and that team. Well, they jump off the bandwagon, or whatever he's going to be. You're not real fans. Jet fans, no one questions that ever. You've never been questioned. No one questions that fanhood. So I understand what Mike is saying. And I mean, hopefully we ride this out and we do turn right the ship. A lot of bad franchises in history, we're one of them. It just sucks. We have to always reason. We have to, go, we have to rely on logic and reason, Mike. Always. We can fall back on that. And go, hey man, you can't be bad forever. Instead of us being like, wow, we're five and one, we're doing it, you know. And instead of being in the moment, doing it, we gotta always go. Well, historically, maybe next year is the year. And I just don't want to do it anymore, man. I'm just yeah. my my dad. My dad came by for the game this weekend, man. I've been able to. I haven't had the chance to watch a game with him in a while. And we were sitting there, both of us, just like, you gotta be. I'm like, this is the game. Like, I had to have my dad come. I'm like, I was like embarrassed for my dad. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, like, I'm sorry you have to watch this. And he's like, Keith, I'm the one that put you on this path. He felt bad. That you, the Jets are actually affecting people's families. Do you understand what you're doing? Do you understand what you're doing to people out here? Oh my, and you, and, but Mike told you he's non-committal. He can't commit to you right now. Mike cannot commit to you right now, Jets, with his heart. Because all you've done is destroy him. And this Patriot game, I didn't even want to message Mike because I know what happens with the Jets. Let's have some fun now. All right, guys, Halloween trivia is on deck. Part two, the reigning champion, Nicholas Kronk, is up against my wife, Tina Lee. Michael Agar is trying to come claim his first title. Let's go. Okay, everyone, welcome back. The Halloween Spectacular here on Ain't Easy Being Green, the second annual Halloween Spectacular. Now, last year we had Tabitha with us, Mike's lovely wife. This year, we have my lovely wife, Tina, joining us for the Halloween Hi. trivia battle. Tina, say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, Tina Lee. Also, of course, we have the big sticking wookie, Nicholas Kronk, and Michael Garris. Now, last year's trivia battle between Nick Kronk and Tabitha Garris went down to the wire, guys. One Ooh. of the greatest trivia battles of all time. Go back, watch that episode, listen to that episode. Wookie, huge comeback on your part. I don't know if you did research. I don't know where you had this trivia filed away. Tremendous job by you. This year is going to be a little different. We're going to get into that trivia in a second. Before we do that, I wanted to go around the room real quick and ask you, what's up with you, Tina Lee? I'm going to ask you a question. If you had to say the time in your life you were probably the most scared, when was that? And don't you dare uh, say okay, our wedding. Well, Try to be funny. No, <laughs> of course not. It all starts. It goes all the way back to the fourth grade. I um, was at a birthday party for my friend Laura Pete and um, it was like the end of the night it's like 10 o'clock or something and all the kids are going to sleep all of us girls for having a slumber party and this one girl Lindsay Walker decides that she wants to play with the Ouija board of course I'm not having any of this so I go to bed 
And that night, at, while the girls were playing the Ouija board in another room, was the first time that I ever got sleep paralysis. So I woke up in the middle of the night and I could like crack my eyes open and I can like look around the room and I could barely move my lips. I could still talk and I could still like try and say stuff, but I couldn't like move my body. So I remember like all the girls thought I was like sleep talking, but I was laying there going like, wake me up, wake me up. That's people's actual nightmare sleep paralysis. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. And you do sleep, babe. <laughs> I, can, I can attest that you do even in your sleep, you sleep hard, babe real hard done when you're out there so sometimes it might be hard for someone to tell if you have sleep paralysis or not i know for myself the most good i ever was in my life was i was attacked by a man with a hammer in a road raid incident and he did try to kill me and that really did happen guys that was in the news and everything <laughs> what can you do with that that's yeah. a true story um yeah. and that was nuts and that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't any fun at all what about you look in your life we're around halloween spooky time of year for you, um, what's the time in your life you've been the most scared? It's weird that Tina has a sleep paralysis uh, uh, story um, because you she just triggered you 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 just triggered a bunch of shit in my head that made me think <laughs> about a bunch of times where I've had that happen. And the weirdest thing, for, like you said, you you basically hallucinated that someone was pulling you down a hallway. Yeah. Well, I had a complete like the same thing. I woke up. And everything you explained is, is is completely accurate. Can't move my body. I know exactly what's going on. I can talk, but it's not coming out. It's just in my head. And you got to try to like will your body, like jolt your body to get up. Yeah. But I basically in during the sleep paralysis thing, I basically hallucinated an entire a, a person jumping through the window, glass broken, T roll on my bedroom floor got up the bathroom at that time was it was connected between that room and my my sister's room ran through the bathroom door and that was it and then i i was able to move myself a little while after that it was one of the scariest things i've ever in my life that i've ever experienced oh that's that's absolutely frightening so i have another one for you guys i did have my car did go underwater once and i had to climb out of the window Wookie, remember, I, you guys know this story as well, when there was a giant flash flood. That's a little scary, too. The best story of all time, though, no one could top Tabitha's story from last year. Her mom, Mike, who said she was possessed by a demon or something of that nature, that was the craziest story I've ever heard. And in the past year, have you seen any evidence that the mom is, in fact, connected to the dark side or is she a tremendous mother-in-law, Mike? I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> fifth! I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. My the, the real quick, the scariest thing that ever happened to me it was just a prank. But uh, I was, I grew up in Queens, New York, in the city. I had never been out in the woods or anything like that when I was a little kid. And I went to a kid's birthday party out in Bedford, uh, New York, and uh, it was the first time I slept in a in a tent. And I was about maybe eight, seven, eight, and uh, they played a trick on me and said that there were killer deer in the in the forest and i was just in the in the tent just petrified so i'm like thinking some deer was just gonna come kill me and they were just like scraping deer? on the they were scraping on the thing i just remember i'm just like oh, oh, wow. <laughs> you know and then i find out in the morning they were just messing with me that was the most, yeah, that was the most frightened i was ever in my life i'll tell you what if you don't know any better then that's scary as hell mike yeah i've never okay, been I'm out there in the woods the first time I was very briefly, I don't remember what the levels of Boy Scouts are and stuff, but I was only in there for a couple of years and before I moved up here too, Mike. And we went to the woods. It was my first real time being there. And the older boys ran into our room. Somehow they all had Jason masks on. It's all coming back to me now. Oh, wow. 
They, I, I ran out. <laughs> Everyone else was like, ah! I was the only one. I feel like in a hard move, I would last. No one just like has the endurance to just run forever. I was, I think I ran the other side of like the whole entire woods until um, they located my ass because I was not getting caught out there. Unbeknownst to me, it was just a bunch of 13 year olds, but right. that was scary as hell. I do love a good unsolved mystery. I love a good murder mystery. Let's get in to some of those right now. Halloween trivia, part two. Mike versus the Wolf versus Tina Lee. Let's go. Welcome back to the highlight of the show, which you've all been waiting for. Halloween trivia, part two. Ain't easy being green. I can't rock that disguise. I'm sorry, it's too hot in here. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> that didn't Wookie right long. now, Wookie right now is the reigning champion of Halloween trivia. He knew last Ooh. year in the tiebreaker round that the Halloween mask was made from William what Shat William Shatner. That William was Shatner. Crazy, that was crazy. I couldn't believe he got that. And, the, you know, this is what we do on the show now. The reason Mike will remember that the rest of his life is because of last year's episode. He's never going to forget. But here we go, guys. We got 10 questions on the board. They're going to be worth 100 points each. There will be one final question, an 11 question. That will be Jeopardy style, where you guys can risk however many points you want on the question. Get it right. You get the points. If not, you know how it works, guys. Okay? Okay. First question. Number one. Is a pumpkin a vegetable or a fruit? It's a fruit. Final answer. Okay. Wookie? I'm going to say it's a vegetable. What about you, Michael? It's a fruit. The correct answer is fruit. Oh. What? <laughs> ah! I already know pumpkin I'm going to ace this trivia. Like, I already know. Pumpkin is a product of the seed-bearing structure. Vegetables are the edible portions of a plant. So a pumpkin is definitely a fruit. Question number two, guys. Transylvania is a region in which European country? Tina Lee? Mm. Yugoslavia? <laughs> that would be an answer. Wookie, what's your answer? Uh, I'm gonna say Romania. Dang it, that Michael, sounds much you? better. That sounds like a better answer. <sighs> Yeah, I, I it sounds. I, I think it's it's either Romania or Denmark. I'll say Denmark. Ooh, that correct answer is actually Romania. Dang it! Oh, no, if you didn't ask me first, I could change my answer. <laughs> it is Romania. Yeah. Yeah. The <coughs> historical. Are we all tied of, right now. We're tied. The historical castle of Brand Stoker's Count Dracula is located in Transylvania. Jack Skellington is the name of the main character in Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. What is the name of his Frankenstein-like female love interest? Do I go first? That'd be sad. Oh, right I'm not supposed not. to say it, huh? No, you can say it, but you don't know if it's right. So that could be, that might be right, am I not? Oh, okay, well. I... <laughs> well, that's why a piece of paper helps. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with Sally. I know. Tina's like... The, 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 <laughs> That's what I'm going with, too. I'm going with Sally. <laughs> Tina Tina That's right. This is not... We got it from here. We're going to go ahead and give you all 100 points on that one with Sally. That was cool. That was... That's right. This is not... We got it from here. We're going to go ahead and give you all 100 points on that one with Sally. That was... Yeah, I gave you guys that one, okay? Just remember that. You're welcome. Merry Christmas early. <laughs> Guys, has anybody ever survived the electric chair? 
Yes or no question. We'll go ahead and start with you, Michael. Yes. Wookie? I'm going to go with yes. What about you, wife? Go with yes. You are all correct. On May 3rd, 1946, in Louisiana State Penitentiary, a gentleman named Willie Francis survived an electrocution when the chair was set up incorrectly by a drunken guard and another inmate. So he has a happy ending. He, he died. He died a couple minutes later. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes, his case is actually very interesting. It went to the Supreme Court after that. Yeah, and wow. he I heard about this. Yeah, he, he actually ended up getting um, electrocuted. He might not even have been the person that killed the person. The typical racial racial bias you saw in that part of the world at that time. I didn't mean to make light of that. Just the story itself that he survived. That's a that's an amazing human to survive. That's unbelievable. Number five here is multiple choice. And I believe everybody right now is 300 points because you both got the last two correct. Correct. How many deaths are attributed to medical error in the United States every year? I'm going to give you guys multiple choice. You just answer A, B, C, or D. A, 50,000. B, 250,000. C, 150,000. Or D, a million. I'll go with 250. Okay. What about Michael? I'll go with a million. Wifey. I'm going with 150. (laughs) (laughs) She went to Jeopardy answer? I like it. Correct answer is 250,000. Another correct one for the working. That uh, the most common medical malpractice deaths are misdiagnosis, medication error, being sent home too early, and surgical error, 684 deaths by medical malpractice a day. That's a lot. Christ. A lot. Medical, that's a lot, guys. Okay. Number six, what is the order of a piece of candy corn from the bottom to the top? Nobody's cheating, okay? We're white, yellow, orange. I wrote them down from bottom to top. So I yes. went orange, white in the middle, yellow on top. Michael? I have or orange, yellow, white. You guys all got it wrong. It's yellow, orange, then white, guys. What? From the bottom, from the bottom to the top. That's why you, all of you nailed the colors. That's good job. Yellow at the bottom. I feel like I'm not doing as good as I thought I was going to be doing. I thought I was going to be doing everyone should at least get. I think everyone should get 50 points for that one. Just for getting the colors right. That was pretty good. Where are the points at, guys? Is everyone still tied? No. I think that's where we're at. Kronk's up by one. Oh, Kronk's up 400 to 300. Hey, look, okay, this is bull. If you guys didn't get that Sally question, we'd be in a whole different situation here. Well, you ruin, you ruin it for yourself. Question number seven. There are 40 super volcanoes around the world capable of claiming up to a billion lives if they were to explode. How many years overdue is the planet for an eruption of one of these volcanoes? I'm going to give you a little hint, guys. It's between 10,000 years and 50,000 years. That's the range there. Just so you have a, a basic range in your mind to guess. How many years overdue is this planet for one of those big old suckers to blow up and just take a billion people out with it. What do you think, Tina Lee? Shit, well, I'm going this? with 47,000. Okay. Wookie? Uh, I'm going to go with 40K. Okay. Michael? 30,000. Michael's going to get this right because the correct answer is 24,000. 
years wow. overdue right now. The Yellowstone Super Volcano, which is 2.1 million years old, is 43 miles wide, 28 miles high, has a magma chamber that can fit the city of Tokyo inside of it. That that baby's ready to blow. That yeah. baby's ready to go, guys. And if it does, guess what? It don't matter. We're done. We're just done. You don't even got to worry about nothing, dude. We're just history. Me and Tina have been there. That's what I thought about the whole time. It was a little creepy. We've been to Yellowstone. You know how I know it's overdue? I mean, the movie 2012 came out already, and that, that time has gone and passed, and it hasn't blown yet. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I feel like Mike and Wookiee are tied right now. Yeah. Well, what about me, bro? You're a hunt. You're you're behind by the hundred. I, I, I think Mike's keeping score. If I'm if I'm correct right now. Yeah, it's true. Four four what? three. Mike's coming in with four hundred. Wookie's coming in with four hundred. Wifey is coming in with three hundred. Heading into question number eight. Still plenty of points on the board, guys. Which state? produces the most pumpkins would it be nebraska pennsylvania california or illinois california all right we'll start with michael's going with california what do you say wife nebraska okay wookie i'll go pennsylvania guys you all got it wrong it's illinois Illinois. Okay. Pieces. You know, I'm not. How many questions are there in this game again? <laughs> you got a few left here. You got, I mean, you know what? <laughs> Illinois produces 564 million pounds of pumpkins a year, as much as the five other top states combined. All right, guys, we got two questions left. And then I got two. the final Jeopardy rounds here, guys. Okay. Which, this is a, another multiple choice you guys will enjoy here. Which famous actor turned down the role of Max Dennison? in 1993's Hocus Pocus. Is it Fred Savage, Freddie Prinze Jr., Paul Walker, or Leonardo DiCaprio? What movie was it again? Hocus Pocus. Okay. Your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer? I'll let the boys answer first. Okay, let them answer first. Michael, who do you think it is? Fred Savage. Okay, Wookie? I um I'm I'm sorry I haven't I haven't seen the movie, <laughs> but what I I'm sorry I'm so, maybe I did when I was younger and I forget and maybe it's trapped wow. in sleep uh, paralysis things. When it's the guy literally it's the number one Halloween movie, bro. I'll 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 go out. I'll just take a guess. Uh, DiCaprio. All right, what do you think, wife? Son of a bitch. Oh, sorry, pardon my French. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Would be correct. Ding it and Wookie and Gus uh-huh. DiCaprio. Oh, lucky Leonardo guys. turned down the role of Max Dennison and Hocus Pocus to star in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. You guys remember that classic? Yeah, it was yeah, really, really good. Only reason I, I, only reason I picked him is because last night I watched uh, a little bit of Wolf of Wall Street while I was trying to fall asleep. That's the only reason I picked him. There you go. I went with Savage because the Wonder Years were hot back then. <laughs> I know that's. You know what, Mike? That's why I threw him in as a red herring because I couldn't remember any actors that mattered then. And I was like, Fred Savage, I don't know. Fred Savage <laughs> was a beast, man. I'm going to toss him in the mix. Him Leo and... actually went on to be um, nominated for Best Supporting Actor for the movie he did choose to do, so he probably made the right decision because the guy who did play Max Dennison, I think, works at a Denny's now, and no one's ever heard from him yet. <laughs> okay, so... That's messed up. <laughs> guys, going in here to the last round, I feel like Wookiee's ahead of Mike by a hunch, and yep. Mike and Wifey are tied yep. right here. Am I correct, Mike? Yep. How many points do we have? How many points do I have? 
Uh, you have it is 500 to 400 to 400. Okay. Yeah, you each have 400 points. Wookie has 500 points. Final question before the Jeopardy round, guys. What is the name of a group of witches? A gaggle of geese, a pack of deer. What do you call a group of witches? A group of witches? Yes. Are we betting this is no money, right? To be fair, I didn't know I didn't know a group of witch had a name either before I did this research. Here. I don't know. Swarm? I don't know. It's not bad. Wookie, what do you think? Cackle. <laughs> Wife, what's your answer? Coven? That is correct. Coven. That's right. Wow. Nice. Come on, guys. Okay. So wifey now clocking in with 500. Wookie with 500. Mike can catch up right now here in the final question, guys. Now, this final question, this is how we're going to do it. You guys know what your points are. Yep. You can risk it all. Right. You can play it safe. Mike's probably going to go for broke here on this last one. Uh, ready for the Jeopardy round? First, let's get those totals you're going to wager. Mike, are you going to go all in here? Oh, uh, I mean, depends. 400. It depends. Let's see. You can get to 800 if you get it right. True. You know what I'm saying? But True. Wookie might be slick. Just only bet 200. It's like Jeopardy. So, you know, we'll come back to Michael because he's he's behind. Let's go to the Wookie first, Mike. Uh, let's go to the Wookie first. What are you going to put on the line here, Wookie? Uh, I'll put 300 on it. Okay. All right. What about you, wife? Um, well, I don't want a tied game. Because if he gets it right and I get it right, and I both bet 300, there was a tie. So I'm going to bet 350. 50 for you. And Michael, what about you? Bet the whole thing. He's going for the house. So I, 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 oh, I, I bet 400. Bets are in. Final question. If the sun exploded right now, how long in minutes would you know on Earth? Now... I'm going to give you a hint so you don't guess like a thousand minutes, guys. It's less than 30 minutes. If the sun exploded, how long would it take for that explosion to reach the planet Earth? Answers are all written down? Yep. All right, let's start with, we'll start with the two leaders. Um, babe, what is your answer? I'm going 24 minutes. 24 minutes, not a bad answer. What about you, Wookie? Uh, 13 minutes. Very good answer, Wookie. A little bit closer. Michael, what is your answer? <laughs> My answer, it's either one of these two, because I knew this. It's either it's either six or nine minutes. I'm going to go nine. Michael, you just got to correct. It's eight minutes and 20 seconds. Damn, good job, Mike. I knew, I, job, I, I knew it from the past. It was in, it was in knowing uh, the movie. No, it was a few other movies. They, they mentioned it, but yeah, he, it's about yeah, that. The energy, the energy from an explosion of the sun will travel towards the earth, obviously at the speed of light, which will take eight minutes and 20 seconds to reach us and obliterate us and reduce us to nothing. Michael, you are the 2021 and being green Halloween trophy champion. Congratulations to you. Kudos to you. I'm very proud. Big comeback at the end. Good job, Wookie and Wifey, man. You guys, we've had two big comebacks at the end, two years in a row here, guys. Too dramatic. Oh, yeah, you can't ask for more than that. All right, Michael took a big W there. We hope everybody this weekend has a tremendous Halloween. We know this was not an easy week for Jet fans for a lot of different reasons. We got our butts kicked. We thought our boy might be hurt. A lot of things didn't go our way. But let's hang in there, guys. Have some fun with your kids. Have some fun with your family. Have some fun on Halloween. And if anyone does want to get at us, Mike, Michael, support us. Be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form. Where can they do that? Well, you can find us on Facebook at 
aebg.jetsradio on Twitter at aebg underscore nyj podcast and on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the big single rookie, Nicholas Cronk, and on behalf of my lovely wife, the Queen Bee, Tina Lee. My name is Keith Farrell. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.